welcome back. Welcome back to Common Intellectual. We've got Andrew Simoncini, good friend from Ursinus College. He talks about his journey with Xander, an advertising company as a subsidiary of AT&T, and what people are doing with our data, as well as his life as a graduate student, some awesome stories from him. Just really enjoyed the conversation and excited to share it with you all. So without further ado, enjoy the experience. Andrew Simon, All right. welcome to the podcast. How are we doing? Great. We're going to get started right away because we just got talking. But just go, what what just happened in, in your last three days? It's, we're recording, it's October 12th. And my gosh, you've been out of college from her sinus for a number of years now, but it feels like you're right back in it. It feels like I'm right back <laughs> and I'm being, I'm being treated from the administration as if I'm right back. Um, so, yeah, essentially the way it works around here is that you've got to get COVID tested once a week. Um, and when you get tested on like a Wednesday, it's for, it's to go to class the following week. So like if I get tested tomorrow, it's so I can go to class next week, which doesn't make any sense. Uh, Wouldn't you think it's just like for the next day? I mean, I guess with contact tracing and well, how long it takes. But. So wait, here's the kicker. There's no undergrad students here. They're all online. The only people here are grad students. So there's only like, there's less than 100 of us, first of all. And second of all, Cornell, which is in the same town, has all of their students there. It's 21,000 kids. They all get tested and get the results back on the same day. I get tested and don't get the results back for another six days. So how, first of all, you're going through the same health system and you are testing 100 people, you cannot get me the result back that day. I, I don't understand. So to preface it, I knew last week that I wasn't going to be in class physically this week. So I didn't get tested. So not thinking that that was going to be a problem because why would it be? I'm allowed to take the classes online. So Thursday night, I finish work, finish class, drive up to Boston, get there at like 1 a.m. No problem. Friday morning, wake up, start working, drive to Gavin Reeves' place in Boston, uh, another sinus grad, shout out. Shout out. Uh, and at about 4 p.m., I get a call from my advisor. And the, this is the quote from the advisor. Why did this woman just send you the bitchiest email of all time about COVID testing? And I was like, well, I haven't checked my email. Let me go check. So it really was like a really bitchy email. She like laid into me and I was like, listen, woman, I'm not going to class next week. I don't need to get a test because I'm not going to see anybody. And so I'm like going back and forth with this woman, like just many emails sent through arguing about why I don't need to get tested and why she thinks that I do. And so I was like, it is my understanding that the test is only for people who are going to be on campus the following week. And she was like, which is you? And I was like, it's not me. I'm not going to be there. And she was like, well, what do you mean you're not going to be there? And I was like, I'm going home, which is a lie. Uh, I was going to Maine, Bar Harbor, obviously. Yeah. And she was like, well, wait a minute. You signed the agreement saying that you would not leave campus. And I was like, I do not recall any agreement of the sort. I've, I'm, I'm thinking I've already been gone. Like, I've been gone multiple times. So 
Now we start arguing about that. And I was like, well, where do we draw the line here? Because I know that people who have friends who come and visit, so they can come, but we can't leave. What's the deal here? And she was essentially, I get a, a, a very professional notifi- uh, notification and it's from the school code of conduct board. And it was like, hello, you are being charged with three different things. And like one of the things was personal respect. And I was like, what the fuck? So my hearing is on Thursday at like 11 a.m. I have to get in a suit and hop on a Zoom call because they don't want to do it in person, which is even (laughs) funnier. Um, And then so back to the Bar Harbor thing. So I'm in. So after all of these email exchanges back and forth, my, I call my advisor again and I'm like, what, what am I doing? Like, what should I do? And he was like, well, uh, he was like, well, where are you? And I was like, I'm going to Bar Harbor. Cause like, I don't bullshit with that guy. Like I'll tell that guy the truth. And I was like, I'm going to Bar Harbor. And he was like, uh, like, he said, well, how many people are you going with? And I was like 11. And he was like, okay, like that probably like can't happen. And I was like, okay, well, what should I do? Cause I told him I was there. And he was like, if I were you, I would just like have, a... well, first he says, uh, lie your ass off and say that you were in Ithaca the entire time. Tell me you never left. And I was like, okay, like that's, I'm, I can do that. I'm, I'm good at that. Um, so. Sorry, mom. And then, and then he, and then he was like, okay. And then just get home like as soon as you can. So on Saturday night, I'm like, all right, I've got to make this night count to the fullest extent of my entire existence. So I downed a bottle of Jaeger and completely puked everywhere. And then the next morning I woke up and looked at the puke. And then I was like, wait, I've got to drive 10 hours today. (laughs) And so I immediately had to clean this fucking place up at 8 a.m. because it was just doused. Uh, And then instead of leaving immediately, I just decided I'm going to go on a hike now. So I went on like a five-hour hike and then after the hike i was like i still don't need to leave so i went out to dinner <laughs> didn't leave until like 8 p.m oh and then gosh. here's the most ironic part of this situation i go and get gas in waterville maine which is where like i think colby college is and then i'm driving home and i'm essentially out of gas in waterville new york which is like two hours away from ithaca and so, like, my gas light is, like, flashing on and off. I'm, like, completely out. So I get off at the exit, and I go to this gas station. And it's closed. It's closed. Like, the, the fucking mini mart was closed, and then the gas pumps were only paid by cash at the counter. So I couldn't use a card. So I was like, oh, this is a big problem. So I, like get back on the highway and the car is in neutral and I'm like rolling down and I get off and then like I put the car in drive again and just book it up this hill to the closest gas station that gas station now I'm out of gas I'm completely out that gas station is also only pay by cash closed so I was like wow uh it's 2 30 in the morning I'm freezing my ass off so cold and I'm in this small hick town where probably 30 people live. Uh, the only attraction in the entire town is the gas station, which is closed. And so then I look like I see like way, way down the street, like probably like 200 yards, these like lights. And you can see 
like numbers, like two thirty-five to this, and I'm like, that's it. So I just threw the car in neutral, got out, and pushed the car down the road to the gas station. No, and filled the entire thing. It was open. And if that didn't work out, I don't know if I'd even be in the theater right now. I don't know what would happen. It would have been a complete fucking disaster. So that's like my last seventy-two hours uh, of this like hellish weekend. That's insane. You pushed your car. I had to push the car. I had to have the door open. Like, and keep in mind, like, I've been through this before. I've had to push before. Um, so I'm not, like, new to the push. So I had to keep the door open while I had one hand on the door and, like, one hand on the wheel. And I'm, like, pushing as hard as I can. That's insane. What? So that's, and so then that, that brings me here at 7.45 at night. Still, I don't know if you can see. I've got... You can't see it all. There's a great view behind me. Of, uh, I wish Lake I could see Yeah, like, we got Lake Cayuga right back here. So, so yeah, that's where I'm at. And my state is completely open. I have, I go to work every day. I am in the office. There are people that come in. We all wear masks, but there are people that don't want to wear masks. Bars are open. People are going into bars watching SEC football. Like, it is completely normal, and you are now having to report to the code of conduct at your graduate school. Yes. So, I mean, I have no, like, I don't even know I'm going to possibly say to these people, because what are they going to say to me? Like, hey, you fucked up? I'm going to be like, no, no, I didn't. It's like, they've also accused me of missing three COVID tests so far. I haven't missed one. So I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Not only that, this was a bullshit pickle I got myself in. This was my fault. Like three weeks ago, I just missed the test because I've got to work. I don't have time to go and do this during the day. I've got shit to do. You have your full-time job. Yeah. So I missed the test and my advisor calls me again. And he was like, did you get COVID tested? And I said, yes, I did, which mm, was a lot. Dang it. And then he was like, perfect. Just email me proof or the results. And I was like, wow, this is a problem because now it's five o'clock on Sunday night and I, there's nowhere to go. So I went to the urgent care place at, in Ithaca and I was like, do you guys do rapid testing results? And they were like, no, your best bet is to drive to Oswego, which is an hour and 45 minutes away. And I was like, fuck it, I'll do it. So the place closed at like eight o'clock at night and I like stroll in the parking lot at 7.45, walked in and they were like, we are done doing COVID testing today. And I was like, how can you be done doing COVID testing? I literally put my hands on the counter and leaned forward and I was like, listen to me. I just drove from Ithaca to get here. Like literally going 90 miles an hour down fucking back roads to get here. And I am in deep shit. I told him, I was like, I'm in deep shit. I lied. I need the results now. Like, and if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be known as just like a, a idiot. And literally the girl working the counter was just like, oh, fuck me. Like, all right, get him a test. And I just went in the back room, got a test, had the negative result in like 10 minutes and was on my way. Oh, let's go. Yeah. So that got me out of the first pickle that I was in. Um, now I'm in a completely different one. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> yeah. No, things are looking up. Jesus. 
I mean, that is to have to go to that length to to get a test. It's wild. Well, the first, I mean, it's to go to the length. I had to go to the length to cover up the lie, which, all right. Oh, so no, I, I get that. I get that. I'm saying but, in general, to see the contrast of what my world is versus your world, and I get it. You're, you're more in contact with people on a campus. Are you going to class? Yeah. So I, I was in okay. class t- today, yeah. Okay. So which you're I, having to be in contact with people. Um, well, so there's another thing. They were like, you can't go to class next week. They told me this on Friday, and I just showed up today and went. I, how do they know? Yeah, a good point. They don't so, even email the teachers. They don't even say any, like, I was like, I, I'm fine. Here's my mask. I'll wear it. And there we go. I, I don't know why that's not an issue. Like, if you, if you don't, if you don't wear a mask, that's one thing. But if you're, if you're going in there and everybody's protecting themselves, and I'm guessing you're somewhat social distance. If you said there's only a hundred people on the campus, I mean. Oh, we're very, there's only like 15 people in the program. Yeah. Wear no, a mask and go to class. I feel like I know. That, that's, and this is my world that I'm living in, which is just so crazy that it's completely different. And I've been going to work and I've been around people and as I'm wearing a mask the whole time. I'm coaching lacrosse, like all of these things. And you see the people that don't wear masks and then the people that do wear masks, but they're all in the same area. There's no testing there's i mean yeah if you want if you feel sick and you're around family you can go get a test but you're you're completely put to shame for going on a vacation with friends and oh how many months are we're seven months we're seven months into this thing and you can't go with your friends not only that but there's a there's a state restriction list for new york and Maine or New Jersey are not on the list. So the fact that I couldn't even go to a state that wasn't on the list, I don't know. So And that's the colleges also making their protocols known where it's like they can make a legislation the same way that I guess the state can. If you are in that community, then they have their own bylaws. It makes it, – no, well, that's the thing. It doesn't make any sense. So – the the greatest email that they sent was you can't leave Tompkins County, but the thing is Ithaca is the border of the Tompkins County line. So if I drive out of the town, I'm leaving the county. So I'm just, I guess I'm not leaving. Oh my gosh! But yeah, that's those are my big. You know, my life for the past two months has been completely insane. I can't even imagine. I mean, you're holding down a full time job and going to graduate school. And I mean, your job is, is nothing to, to scoff at. I, I can only imagine how demanding both of them together can be. Well, this week, so I was going to try and get off for the, the trip that I was, am supposed to be on right now. Uh, but the problem is we're on a hiring freeze. So, you know, people leave the company and they can't replace them. So like we've already had two people on my direct team that have left and I've had to take on all of their work. And the other girl on my team took off this entire week. So I'm just doing the work of four people right now with no help. And it's complete dog shit. Cause like you can imagine how many things people need at the same time. And you're like, fuck. Are you comfortable talking about work? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, what do you do exactly? So I'm in ad operations for, I guess now it's Warner Media, which owns HBO and, you know, all of the Turner networks like TBS, TNT, True TV. Um, but before that, it was called Xander, which was the, like, advertising subsidiary of AT&T, which was DirecTV. So, like, what happened was AT&T bought DirecTV. They needed... Uh, you know, a platform to run the ads and, and people to manage all of the content and all of that stuff. So they created, you know, Xander Media. And then I'm not on like the, I was never on like the direct to like direct TV side. So like there's a linear advertising, which is like, you know, if you have like the dish on top of your house for direct TV, then like those ads that you see, that's like linear advertising. Um, on like the broadcast networks and then there's digital which would be like if you were to download the direct tv app onto your phone or onto your computer like that's called digital so like where those ads run those are different than what you see on like a linear tv so i was i'm on the digital side and then at&t got rid of like the direct tv like digital name they changed it to at&t tv so like everything that runs there is like I'm working on and I'm in direct contact with like the clients who want the agencies who want to run ads for their clients are coming to us and saying like, here's what we want to do. Uh, you know, what would you suggest? Like, how would you make this happen? So like, um, I mean, I've, I'm, we're running a campaign for Porsche that's starting like next week. Uh, that's like one of the big ones we got coming up. So fun. Yeah. It's a bunch of, but, oh, see, I have a guy messaging me now saying, let me look at the report that you just made. And my boss will not allow me to send reports until she looks at it, but she's not online. So he's just not going to get the report until tomorrow. Sorry, um, I don't, and that's the thing, you know, I get these people who hound me all day and it's like, you know what? I don't know what the fuck to tell you because it's out of my hands. Yeah, so as you guys are transitioning into now what is from Xander to, to Warner, is there any change? Cause you're still that advertising platform. There's also a lot of change going on with the HBO world where you guys are oh, having to find new ways to advertise. Yeah. So essentially, you know, we have also been hit hard by the pandemic because a lot of advertisers come in and they want to air on live sports. So for a long time, that wasn't happening. So I, we had a big campaign for Jimmy John's that was supposed to run during March Madness. Obviously that got like fucked. So that we, it just like, you know, the whole big issue was that people didn't want to spend advertising money on just regular like networks. They really want to live sports. What's a blessing and a curse at the same time is that it's political season. So people want their ads on like political like we're running for Trump, we're running for Biden, we're running for all of them. So like, it's been keeping us really busy, but it's also too busy. So I think Warner Media made an announcement like three days ago that they're gonna lay off 20% of its workforce. So I say that with a big smile on my face because I have no clue how I'm gonna be affected by that. Um, it, could, it could be completely horrible. I have no clue. And so did... Did the Warner acquisition come during COVID? 
technically not. So the merger came during COVID. So like, you know, we were still operating as like two different entities, but we owned each, like we, we don't like own each other. You know what I'm talking about? So like, I think AT&T bought Warner and DirecTV at the same time for like, I want to say it was like $148 billion. Mm. And they went through like this massive, um, you know, lawsuit because of antitrust laws and like all this other stuff. And it, they didn't know if it was going to be fair or not. And finally, like everything went through, we got them. And then uh, AT&T bought an ad serving platform called App Nexus. They came on board. Now, essentially, I think there are rumors as like an insider, you don't hear all of the rumors because you hear the rumors, but you don't know for sure. Because mm-hmm. no one's transparent. No one's transparent. They don't want you to know. Because they don't give a shit about you. So, <laughs> essentially what's happening is Xander was like split into two. So half of the people went to work for Warner and the other half is still at Xander. And I, according to multiple people, they are trying to sell Xander off to different companies. So right. like people that I had been working with who are now, I technically am still, I work with, but like we're called different things. We might just never work together again, which is bizarre. Um, and like we were working in one rock, uh, Rockefeller Center, like right in the city. And we just didn't renew the lease of the building. So like we're technically going to go to Hudson Yards, but like it could take months. They already told us we're not going back into the office until August of next year. So Wow. It's a long road. So, yeah, I mean, you would have thought that, like, the inception of HBO Max uh, would have, like, helped out a lot. But when that happened, they still laid off a lot of HBO people. Like, I've always... Suitman got laid off. Exactly. I wanted his job, and he got laid off. So, I don't even know if that's that job is even going to exist anymore because you see HBO max going to combining all their platforms. I don't know if I've seen an ad on HBO max since I've had it. And that makes you think if you're going into subscriptions, then maybe you, like you said, it's all in live sports where you have to focus those ad dollars because everything else is subscription based and they don't, People, consumers don't want ads. You acquire them, a company like Xander, and then it's absorbed. No, exactly. And I mean, you know, you got to look at, you got to look at competitors and like what they're doing. But if you, if you really want to add subscribers, like you have to add some sort of like live TV or like live sports factor in there. It's like what, what Hulu did was perfect. I mean, you know, you can, you can get a subscription to Hulu and, and I don't have one, but from what I hear, like they have a lot of live sports options that you can watch on there, which is like perfect for people who like sports. Um, and then they've got their original content. So like the two things that are ruling the world are original content, A, and live sports, B. Um, so, I mean, you know, in school, we talk a lot about like, how is Netflix going to survive essentially? Because there's all of these like new additions to like streaming wars. So it's like Disney plus we've got Hulu, we've got HBO max. Like you, you feel like, I mean, CBS is coming out with like, 
their NBC is coming out with Peacock. Like every every single like two months, something new pops up. Um, and so, you know, I, like how does how does how is Netflix going to do it? Like, are they going to depend on just like their classic? content of like i don't know love island too hot to handle like i i love those shows like people love those yeah um but it's interesting to see like not all of these companies can survive it because they're going to be trading back users people are just going to be subscribing to you know nobody wants to pay for five different subscriptions i mean maybe they do i mean think about how many things you're subscribing i mean i I definitely have taken people's passwords, but it's also, I have subscriptions to at least three things and I'm fine with it. I don't, even if I'm not fine with it, there is something keeping me attached to Hulu or to HBO max where it's like one show, but maybe I want to go back and watch the Sopranos or maybe I want to watch Atlanta on Hulu because that's the only place that they have it. And like you said, if it's original or exclusive, then you kind of feel like you need to keep it. No, well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I think Netflix just paid for the syndication rights for Seinfeld. And I think they paid like $500 million. And so they'll get that in like 2021. But it's like somebody who works there has to be thinking, okay, if we get this show for $500 million, this amount of people and new subscription money is going to come in and is it going to be worth it? Like that's, and I think that's fascinating because it's such a big gamble, but somebody must know something about it. You know, if they're going to take the risk, then, then that's it. I mean, they know what we're watching. They know what our interests are. And there are enough people either already subscribed to Netflix that will spend more time on Netflix because of the show or are going to join, like you said. And so it becomes, I hate to be just blunt about it. It's the algorithm. Like they know what you're watching. They know what you're seeing. And if you are falling in that demographic, I mean, we all have different profiles. I can go on my mom's uh, Netflix and it's a completely different look than mine and completely different emotion when you when you go into it because we're feeling different things and the algorithm knows that i don't i you're absolutely right it's it's completely thought out and it's completely analyzed and to spend that amount of money on a tv show that aired or stopped airing in the mid to late 90s it's they know yeah i mean no it's true it's they have all of our information um and I don't think it's a secret anymore. Uh, and did you ever get to I watch mean, the social so, dilemma? I didn't watch it yet, but we talked a lot about it in school. And I mean, I've heard from several different people that like it's a must-watch. But I also hear from several. I also hear from several different people that they watch it and like their initial thought is to delete everything. And it's like, I think that that reaction is warranted, but it's a little extreme um, because. Like, we already know that there's no privacy. Um, I mean, I know there's no privacy. You know, it's, it's all about, like, like, can you maintain enough... Uh, I'm try, trying to find the right word. Like, can you just put the fucking phone down for one second, you know? Like, I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, I, I, it, I am shocked. Like, I was out to dinner last night 
uh, before I drove home 10 hours. And I was looking at a table and there were like five people sitting at a table and every single one of them was like on their phones. And I was like, well, maybe they're like sharing stuff back and forth. And I walked by and like one of the person was just like scrolling through Instagram. And I was like, you are sitting in front of somebody like face to face and you are scrolling through Instagram when you could just be talking to the person right in front of you. And like, I think that we're all guilty of this in some way or another. But the fact of the matter is, is that like, you need to know that whoever made these ads, Zuckerberg, or whoever made these apps like Zuckerberg and the guy who made uh, Instagram and Dorsey at Twitter, they made it so that it's addicting. Like they want you to stay on for as long as possible. So if you know that, then just know what you're getting yourself into and know how to get yourself out. And I, I mean, you know, I, I, I bet most people don't go and I bet they don't look up like how much time they're using these apps per day. But I think if they did, they'd be disgusted. I mean, we get it now. It's on, it's on Apple where you can see it. And I, I set a limit after I watched that because there are times we're all guilty of it. And it's crazy how simple it is. Put the phone down. And then you set a limit and now it's like, oh, wow. I was spending this much time on, on Instagram in a week. Yeah. We're all guilty yeah. of it. It's just the age we're in. No, it's true. And I mean, it's, I think the one thing that's really interesting is that, uh, sorry, I just got to respond to this guy. No, right, you're good. Done. Uh, work's done now. Um, I think the one thing that's like really interesting is that we are living in a time right now, specifically the last like four years. And like, I'm, this is not political. I'm not, this is not meant to be one side or the other. But the fact of the matter is, is that you're going on these social media sites to get away from reality. It's not supposed to be reality. Like you don't post a picture of yourself on Instagram getting hit by a car because nobody wants to fucking see that. And that doesn't make people happy. You post pictures of yourself hiking a mountain or with a significant other, you know, something that like feels good and like it's a good moment in time. I'm like at the moment where I'm going to delete every single piece of social media if Trump wins the election. This is not me shitting on Trump. This is me saying I've never seen so many people in my entire life go on social media and post political garb and, you know, social justice things, political things. I'm not hating it. I'm just saying that there's, uh, like, it's depressing. Yes. It, it it's, destroys and, and it's, it's not supposed to be reality because they're using it now the complete other way. And I've, I've used it too. I've posted things that are completely depressing, but there are things on both sides that just the, the algorithm knows how to get your blood boiling and it puts it first, whether it's a story, whether it's a post, it knows and it goes for it. And if he wins the election, oh my gosh, we're going I don't want to see Instagram. I don't want to see Twitter. And and that's the thing. It's like, I don't want to go on and be depressed and feel like a worse person. Like I can't yes. handle that. I can't handle people. Like I'm going through Insta stories and it's like Trump, this Trump, that Trump, that Trump, that. And it's like, okay, I get it. So get your ass up, fill your ballot out and drop it off. And that's you what you can do. Like, it's just the constant like of shoving one thing down. You know what it's like? 
It's like when you go on TV, and it would be like the t- if the when you when the when the channel went to commercial and the system made an error and they started playing the exact same commercial over and over and over and over and over again. Think about how annoying that would be. Yeah, it's like that. When I was when I was in Maine, and I didn't know this, apparently the uh, like politics in Maine gets very ugly for like senators and they like everything is a massive smear campaign. Uh, we were watching yesterday. We had on like I don't even know. It was like a racing network. They were like dirt biking, but I'm sure like you can imagine like the the demographic and political belief of people who watch dirt biking. So there were specifically targeted ads to that channel, which, I mean, they ran, there were four political commercials, every single commercial break. I was laughing after, after the first five minutes, I could not stop laughing. It was insane. Like they want you like, if you are falling on the line between, like, Democrat or Republican, and they know that you're falling on the line, they will fucking come to you. They'll get you. I get text messages at oh least my three, gosh. Times, three a, times a day. Three times from the Libertarian Party. Yes, the Environmental Party, the Libertarian Party. I've gotten some from the – it's like if you – they, they'll make up different names to just get into your phone. And it's startling, one, but also – everything about our world right now is startling. So I guess nothing surprises me anymore. And so you have the, and Barstool Sports, I, I will watch a YouTube video and every single YouTube video is a Trump ad. And you had to remember they went to the White House and that was one thing that Portnoy and Erica Nardini did. And you can sway the 18 to 23 or 18 to 30 I'm said 23 for my age, but 18 to 30 demographic by putting on ads and all of a sudden you associate Trump with Barstool and people who are right on the border. I mean, I can't believe people are on the border at this point, but it's there. Like you said, the political ads are effective. Yeah. And you got to even realize like people will, most people in this world will not put, ethics before money so and what i mean by that is like we as a company own cnn which is obviously to the far left and we are still running ads for trump that's wild and so i think the ceo a while ago was like hey this is the old ceo that left and he was like we are going to take the money like we all have personal beliefs. We've got company beliefs, but if there's money coming in, we are going to take it. Obviously, I think if it were like, you know, there would be extreme circumstances where they'd be like, no, we're not going to take that. But really? And like, it would have to be like extreme. Like, yeah, because there are things that are very extreme now that it's like, you're still supporting it. it I mean, it, but it's also, you're putting it behind a brand and those brands have shareholders. You have to take the money. No, you have to. Exactly. I mean, I'm talking about extreme in the sense of like, if Al Qaeda came and said, hey, run our campaign, we'd be like, no. <laughs> was the same um, thing. I was saying, I was like, all right, terrorist organizations, let's throw them out the door. Exactly. So it's just crazy how like, 
the thing that the, the thing that tells crazy is that if people like I think people need to put their personal differences aside. So like you don't have to agree with what one company is doing or with what another company is doing. Like you can you don't need to immediately like villainize them. So like you don't have to agree with the thoughts and the principles of Chick-fil-A. But they've got great chicken, so I'm going to eat it. Uh, and I can still disagree and call them assholes, but they do something for me that I enjoy, which is the spicy chicken sandwich, obviously. And so just because, you know, they come out and they donate money to certain organizations, I'm like, yeah, they're fucked up. They're assholes. I would never support them personally. I will support their restaurant. Like, it's that sort of thing. Just like when you see Barstool running like Trump ads, like that, some people are going to be like, I'm never reading them again. And to me, that's like, it's disappointing. Because it's like, you're letting this one belief overtake like everything else. You're letting a belief essentially take over something that could possibly make you, bring you joy. Yes. And it's separating the the personal and the business. And right now, because so many people have nothing else to do or are completely enthralled with social media and social issues, issues, it becomes the, it becomes the, oh my gosh, they're supporting this. How can you support it? And I, I'm sure that it's the other way around too, where if, if you have somebody who supports Trump and you see something on social justice or something like that, then you think some type of way it's, it's on both sides and it's become very polarized and very toxic for personal and the business. No. And it's, you know, it's annoying because where do you, where do you draw the line? So like, you know, if you say to somebody, Oh, if you support Trump or if you are voting for Trump, you're a massive racist. Okay, fine. Like, you say what you want. Uh, but if you, then you'd have to go back and you'd say, well, you know, if you support George Washington, you're a massive racist because he owns slaves. And you get to go, well, it was a long time ago it happened. No, there is no ifs, ands, or buts. It's hold people accountable to the same standards over the entire history of America. Like, and, and, and that's, that's like a very like fine line we're, like, we're walking right now. Um, so, you know, the whole thing with like bringing down like Robert E. Lee's statues and all of that stuff. And it's like, okay, that guy wanted to fight for the North. The only reason that guy fought for the South is because he was born in the South and he agreed with the views of the North. But when they went to war, he felt like he needed to go defend the South because that's where he was from. I mean, the guy is the greatest general in American war history. And, like, yeah, he was fucked up. But it's, like, I, it's just a weird, like, kind of, like, yeah, he was fucked up, but he was also this, like, complete legend and was the president of a college and, like, all this other stuff. And it's, like, it's a weird time where the cancel culture is, like, beyond anything I've ever seen before. Like, massive. 
And, and that's where it becomes toxic as well on, on both ends. I can only imagine. And even if people don't realize it, I, I hope that watching the social dilemma will make you aware because it is a very polarizing time that is meant to be polarizing, which is, I feel even scarier. It's intentional. It's very yeah. intentional in what's going on. And it's hard to distinguish what is, I, what our ideas planted in our minds and what is from social media induced anxiety, if that's yeah. a way. No, which is, I mean, and I know we've talked about this before, but like it's mo- pretty much all of everyone that I've ever talked to is like either a big CNN watcher or they're a big Fox news watcher and they will live by that. They will be like, no, if you watch Fox News, fuck you. And if people who watch Fox News are like, if you watch CNN, like, you're brainwashed. And it's like, the divide is so massive that what I do now is I just watch equal CNN and equal Fox News. Like, I will watch equal parts. So if I'm watching, like, 15 minutes of one, I'll go watch 15 minutes of the other. Because essentially, they're always talking about the same thing, but they're both giving me a different story. So it's extremely interesting to see, like, okay let me hear both of these viewpoints and then let me think for a minute, which one sounds a less crazy. Um, and it's really interesting because I think that's probably the best way to like make your own perspective is to hear both sides of what somebody's trying to say and then form your own opinion on it. Instead of just saying, I'm a Republican, I'm going to watch Fox news and that's it. Uh, that doesn't do you any good because they're only reiterating a belief that you already believe. Right, and then it's hard to... Does that sound completely crazy? It, it, sounds, it sounds like I could, not, I could not watch either. And I try to read the Wall Street Journal to get opinions, but even that's getting politicized at this point. Everything is politicized. Every media source has their agenda. And being able to get the full scope is very hard if you don't have two hours a day to consume completely what you're do what you're learning. And it's, it's hard because when you're watching Fox and CNN, they have a strict mindset and they know what their viewers want to see. And so that's where it becomes kind of blurry. It's, it's, it's tough. Well, what people don't realize is that, you know, with these social media apps, the whole thing is to get you addicted and to keep you staying on. But with these news networks, the whole point is to, like, not brainwash, but, like, just keep getting you to believe in what you want to believe, you know? And that's the same idea. It's like, hey, uh, you can, like, call one person crazy for watching one thing, but, like, they're looking at you and they think the exact same thing about you, too. Yes. So it's like we are at we're at a point where like there's such a divide it's that people don't even want to agree on anything anymore people want to like just hey here i am here you are and like fuck it like if you don't have my beliefs i am not talking to you and that's like the really unfortunate part is because if you even bring up a sensitive subject you're getting lambasted and that's why i think it's really important that you watch both networks i think that is so valuable to be able to see both viewpoints because now you understand i don't understand what fox news and what cnn are bringing i that brings 
me sadness. And so I can't, I can't bring myself to do it. I prefer whether it's getting podcasts or, uh, or wall street journal. Those are my two ways of absorbing knowledge, but I can't do Fox and CNN because like you said, it turns into brainwashing and I, I can't do it. And I also, I, I know you're a very smart person. So you are able to take that and form your full opinion. And you also know about the agendas already. And it's something that you just kind of have to accept. Yeah. I'll tell you what the most interesting part is though, is the debates when people watch the debates and the Trump supporters say, Oh, Trump definitely won. And the Biden supporters say, well, Biden killed it. It's like, well, you were both watching the exact same thing. So how is it that, like, uh, it doesn't, I don't even know. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. But I think we got, what, 23 days to go? It, to the it's, big show. It's, it's going to be interesting. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, what do you think is going to happen the week of election? Because it's not going to be something that, uh, do you think it's going to be something that we find out that day? Um, well, that's, I mean, it's a very interesting point. Like I don't, you know, because I I think whoever wins or no, sorry, let me rephrase that. I think whoever loses is going to ask for a recount no matter what. Fair. Because we've had obviously voter suppression in the South. We've had apparently instances of people of voting fraud, which isn't good. Uh, we had the guy who was trying to vote as his dead wife, which was another thing that was pretty bad. Um, so that, that was the voter fraud you were talking about. I don't even think so. That was another instance. That's more voter fraud. Um, wow. What was the voter fraud that you were referring to then? Just like postmen fucking things up with the ballots. Like apparently, if you like fuck up the ballot accidentally, like it's invalid. Like there's stuff like this. There's like little you know, like nitpicky things that like void it. And you're like, you almost have to say like, Hey, get a mask on and go to your local hole. It's um, come to that point, especially here in the South. It's something that I was aware of back in June when I went to the elections for my polls, we had a line that was two and a half to three hours. And the person that I was working at the polls with, Anne Marie Nunziata, who shout out is Matt's sister. She lives in Atlanta. And shout out Matt. Shout out Matt. And her voter poll had no line. And it was five minutes away. Five minutes. It's I just can't. I'm. I'm. Well, I'm. A, I'm actually kind of afraid to see what happens because no matter who wins, there's going to be so much hate from the other side that it's going to be nuts. Um. So yeah, I will probably just be deleting social media no matter what. Yeah, I. I will. I will be deleting my personal account. I still have my my sketching and my podcast one. And I, that's all I can do. I, you're right. It's something that either way, it's going to turn into something scary. And we don't know what is going to happen. We don't. And uh, it becomes, you know, what is, 
what are we going to be faced with? But also it's, it's what the, the end of the social dilemma said civil war. We've seen it in other countries. We're seeing it here. And that's the part where I remember talking to David Dre in May and he said, we're going to see riots during election time, whoever wins. And that was back in May. There, there were protests and people wanting social justice rightly. So, and in two weeks after that, within two weeks of that conversation, that was when everything started for black lives matter. And now we're going into election season way more, way more angry than we were two months ago. And it's just, I know it's, it's bad. And you, what's the number one show on television? It's the Tucker Carlson show. Blew my mind. I don't know why it blew my mind. I guess I shouldn't, but wow. Yeah. It shows, it shows that what you want to see, you're going to see. Yep. No, it's true. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, we've had, how many times have we heard we're going to have a vaccine before election night? Wow. I don't, I don't think we're close, honestly. No. I mean, I, I want to look it up. I want to look up the vaccine updates right now because here's the big issue with the vaccine. Uh, what's this one? A coronavirus vaccine could kill half a million sharks? Okay. Um, I'm not reading that. <laughs> um, some of these articles are Literally. absurd. Yeah. So, you know, I, it's just, it's discouraging because A, we don't know what the outcome of the country is going to be. And B, we have no clue what the outcome of the pandemic is going to be because no one fucking knows when there's going to be a vaccine, if there is one at all. Uh, and then, you know, you've got people who aren't going to take it and it's only going to be 50%, you know, it's going to only work 50% of the time. And it's like, okay, well, then we're completely screwed still. Right, because what happened when, or what happens when flu season comes around? All of a sudden, it's, do we shut down everything again? Are we going to go to that extreme? And I don't mean to, I think that masks are a great thing. I think that protecting yourself is a great thing. I think there's a lot of great things that have come from it. But if we're in a situation like you were in, where you leave the, the county, is that the level we're going to be at forever? If it is, then I'm going to move. Um, I'm going to move. I'm going to leave the country. Uh, and I'm not kidding. Um, no, I got it. But, you know, I think with the flu season, I think the real issue is that, like, you know, if people right now feel, like, sick, then they just go to the hospital. And if people feel sick with the flu and they don't have COVID and they just go to the hospital, that's where we're going to start to see, like, the hospitals become overbooked again. Because we have these people who, like, I get it, they're sick. People get sick. It happens. Um, and so we're going to have all of these people having the flu who think that they have COVID when they really don't. Uh, and that is going to be a disaster. We haven't even experienced the dead of winter yet with COVID. No, we haven't because it was like St. Patty's Day when it happened last right. year. So, I mean, I don't, it's weird. Like, I probably wouldn't get the vaccine uh, I'm not like an anti-vaxxer. I would not be getting. I also haven't had a flu shot in eight years. 
I've never yeah, had so, one. Yeah, uh, so you've never had any vaccine. I've never had any flu shots. I wouldn't get one if I were you. Um, right. The last flu shot that I got was eight years ago. I got the flu shot, then I got the flu. I've never gotten the flu shot since. I've never had the flu since. So, I mean, take that as you will, but, like, listen, it's just – I. Like, if I were to die of COVID, then the chances of me dying from COVID are actually worse than the chances of me getting struck by lightning. Like, that's just what it is. It's like a 0.0002% chance that somebody my age dies of COVID. And, and also, it's it's not even, like, the the percentages. Like, I can look at analytics till i'm blue in the face but for this for health i know that i continue to be active i eat well and if i'm going to weigh out like i weigh out getting into my car and driving to work that's dangerous i could get hit by a car and i can get exactly so if we're going to be weighing out risks for the rest of our life which we do anyway subconsciously but now because the media is putting it in our face for seven months, it becomes right in the front of your mind. Now what happens? Well, so there's another problem because like this is the – apparently this is the only thing that they can report on is COVID. So, you know, it's the fear that's built – because you, you never hear – nobody – I mean, listen, people get it and they come out perfectly fine. You never hear about those people. You only hear about the people who died tragically of COVID and they're, they're pregnant, they're married, they're young, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, this is what's the point of this? Like, you are doing this and you're spreading complete public fear, first of all. Uh, nobody, I, I was hiking a mountain yesterday, outdoor, and I walked by a woman who was wearing a mask and she started bitching at me because I wasn't wearing one. First of all, lady, I can't even breathe to begin with because I'm out of breath. Uh, <laughs> like, you think that I'd be wearing a mask right now? I'd be dead because I'd be suffocating to death. Um, and you, and ran track, you ran track and field in college. Long time ago. <laughs> um, and let me tell you something. If you are wearing a mask, you're fine. Don't worry about me because you're wearing a mask. I can't do anything to you to harm you. You've got the protection. So... The thing is, people like us are very, very low risk. If the fear is that we are going to give it to people who are high risk, then the people who are high risk should be the ones that are quarantining, not everyone. I should not have to stay home from work. I should be able to go into the office, and if I get sick for three days, then it happens. But if you're worried that you're going to die or you're worried that you're going to pass it on, then stay in. People can make their own decisions. They're not stupid. Some people are. I mean, sure. But, I mean, am I going to go get on a plane and go see my grandparents? No, I'm not going to go do that. (laughs) Am I going to go see my aunt who can barely walk in Queens? No, I'm not going to do that either. Like, I'm going to surround myself with people who are also going to be fine. Like, look where I am right now. I'm with a bunch of people who are 18 to 22 years old. 
I live with eight undergrad students from Cornell. Do you think that I'm worried about any of them dying? No. Are they worried about it either? No. And that's where I was questioning Georgia at first, where obviously there has been some wild things that's happened here in Georgia. There was where our mayor in Atlanta was sued by the governor for trying to mandate masks in the city of Atlanta. Which that was a good one. That was a, uh, I've never seen that before. Ever in my life. I didn't know it was possible, actually. I did not know it was possible. And so you have that, that creates complete polarization. And then... Well, so I don't get it. Is the governor a Republican and the mayor's a Democrat? Is that what's really going on? Yes. And if you okay. know Atlanta, it is, it is a blip in Georgia. It is completely different than every single other place. And as soon as you leave the blip, it's called, we have in the perimeter and we have outside the perimeter. And even inside the perimeter, you have areas and segmentation and it's... Oh, I've been in the perimeter. There you go. So what are we talking? Clayton, Clayton County, baby. (laughs) It is, it is just, you have the areas of Atlanta that are completely different than the other ones you have. You have, Midtown, Buckhead, those two are completely different. And then you get outside the perimeter and it's also completely different. And I mean, the Ahmaud Arbery shooting happened in my state. I can't believe I was in a state where something like that could happen. But that's the reality of it. And that's where you get a governor that has the state's morals in hand. And then the Atlanta mayor who has... Atlanta's best interest and her their morals and who has more power. I didn't know that that was possible, but here we are. No, I feel like, you know, in a sense, New York is like almost going through the same thing. I mean, we do have a Democrat, Democratic governor and mayor who I do not think like each other at all very much. Um, and so hearing them throw blows to each other is also slightly entertaining. Uh, because I think that the vast majority of people don't like either of them. So it's, but I just don't, you know, I don't, listen, New York was the hotbed for a while. It's way better. I think we're way better than anywhere else, honestly. Um, And so to say that you're only going to open up restaurants to 25% capacity until there's a vaccine, uh, good luck. Because already 60% of the restaurants in New York City have closed for good. 60. Uh, which, I mean, if you think about it, if you want to have a silver lining to it, it's going to open up a lot of opportunity for other people when this thing all does come to an end. But, like, we're talking about 60% of restaurateurs who have lost their – I mean, they're done. Like, what are they going to do? You can't pay rent. You can't pay your employees. And then if you, if you do have 25% capacity, you still can't operate because you can't afford the, to pay the rent on only 25% of people coming in. Or what are the food costs going to be when you have a meal now at a restaurant? They're going to hike. They're going to hike the hell out of you. And then people just aren't going to go there because you can already go to the grocery store, buy a cookbook and do it for, what, a third of the price? And but we're already cool. going into – we're already in a recession no, and it's, and it's crazy here in New York State. I didn't know this when I got here. I know it now. Apparently, when you go out for drinks, you are forced to buy food as well. I Is just it the heard same that. thing down there? No. I was like, 
I, I ordered a drink and they were like, okay, what do you want for food? And I was like, nothing. And they were like, no, you got to order something. And I'm looking at the menu and I'm like, well, first of all, the cheapest food on the, on the menu is 15 bucks, which is like, I don't give a shit. I really don't. But like, A, first of all, I'm not hungry. B, I want a $6 beer, but now I have to buy a $15 sandwich. So here I came for one fucking drink and now I've got to sit down eat my sandwich, have the beer, and I'm obviously not going to have one beer. I'll have more. So uh, it, it becomes like a whole $50 ordeal because you have to get food. But it's probably because they've lost so much money. It has to be. There's, that's the only – and also it's put into law. Isn't that a law in Pennsylvania and, is, and New York now? Is it all of the northeast states? I don't even know if it's New York City. It's definitely New York State. Um, a funny story about it, this, this is actually hilarious. There's a place right down the street from school. Like, I'm talking, you could throw, like, a lacrosse ball and hit the place. Or sinus? And, no, at, at Ithaca. Ithaca. Yeah. So, it's a gas station, but there's a mini-mart in the gas station where they make, like, food. And the food's not bad. It's pretty good. Uh, but, you know, they've also got your classic, like, bags of chips and all that yeah. other stuff. So there are degenerates who come and they buy, they don't have beer on tap. They've got solo beers in the fridge and they'll buy solo beers and still have to go and buy the food because they don't want to leave it the beer. They want to drink the beer at the counter inside. So you see these people who are going and getting tall boy Bud Lights and Rice Krispie Treats and they've got to down the Krispie Treat so they can drink their Bud Light and gamble at the same time. It's unbelievable. I think if you ran the podcast from inside that place, it might be the number one watched podcast in, the, in America. There was a woman in there the other day. This is what I walked into. First of all, I'm going to preface by saying I have like no friends here, maybe like one or two. So, so I, I eat alone most nights. So I go into the place and I order my sandwich and they're like fat sandwiches. You know, they've got like chicken fingers on them and like French fries and like nothing's good for you. So I ordered it and I sit down and there's a woman in there who had clearly been drinking there all day. And she decides, oh, I'm going to go play some scratch-off tickets. So she goes to the scratch-off ticket machine, and she can't get her money in the slot because she's too drunk. So she's shoving it in there, and she starts getting really sexual. And she's, like, loud. She's like, get the fuck in there. Yeah, yeah, get the fuck in there. And, like, literally keeps saying it. And everybody who's working there behind the counter is like, holy <laughs> shit. There's nothing we can do about this. And then, like, but this is, it's not just her. It's, like, a whole barrage of people who go and do this all day. This is now a normal thing in Ithaca, New York. It's more than normal. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you're right. It would be the number one podcast. That, that sounds. Let me tell you what I saw the other day. When I, I walked in there for lunch. This is, like, my new go-to spot. They better know my order by, they better know my order by memory after, like, tomorrow. What's your uh, order? <laughs> it's called uh, the bomber. It's like, it's like, it's like a cheesesteak, but they've got chicken tenders on there, and they throw hot sauce on there. They got onion rings, ranch. It's crazy. Oh um, my gosh! It's, it's an orgasm in your mouth. Let's uh, go. But so I walked in there, and I'm waiting for my food. And there's a, it's dude, it's noon. There's a guy drinking at the counter, and so he's already drunk, and so he takes out a ten dollar bill. And he slides it over 
And he goes, this is for you. And it's the woman working behind the counter. And she goes, oh, thanks. And she goes, well, do you want change? And he goes, no, 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 keep the whole thing. And so she puts it in the tip jar. And he goes, well, what the fuck was that? And she goes, well, you know, it's, it's, we got to split the tips here. And he goes, give me the money back. That was only for you. If you can't keep it, I don't want to give it to anyone. And she gave him the money back and he kept the money. I've never seen anything like it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. You, and this is the only place to go and drink, technically? Uh, it might be the best one. Oh, my like, gosh. You can't – there's Ithaca Brewing Company, which is really cool, but you can't go inside. Right. You just have to stay outside. I and mean, what's the, the temperature right now? It's not warm. No one wants it's to It's pretty freaking cold. So you have to stay outside, and you have right. to order for 15 bucks. You go to this place, you buy a beer, you buy a bag of chips, you're good. Oh, my gosh. You just get degenerates in there all day. All day. And I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, my gosh. What a time to be alive. It really is unbelievable. So, yeah, I mean, and that's another thing around here is, like, there's – you know, if you don't if you don't go to either of these schools, but you live here, you're probably pretty old. Um, and so, like, you don't want to be the asshole running around town, you know, jogging with no mask. Like, you'll get looks. I was jogging the other day, and an old guy actually said to me, "Where's in verbatim? Where's your mask, asshole?" This guy was walking with no mask. So, yeah. I know. That's who you're dealing with up here. That's where you get to the the point that you made earlier where if you don't feel comfortable with going outside, don't don't go outside or wear a mask and protect yourself. And I and I understand to a point because I feel like the mask is not only for – the mask that you wear is for other people's protection, so I get that. But it's also if you're jogging and you're outside – I know. Really? Really? I mean, how again, how far are we going to take it? No, there's no how far. Listen, we're going to be wearing masks for the next two years. Easy. Maybe more. Listen, right. Japan's been doing it forever. We could adopt that. Right, exactly. And, Which I mean, is the scary thing. But you there, know, are the, scarier the thing things, is, there are scarier things than masks, granted, but I, I, I understand. Yes. Um, I think what I really want to, I, I think I want to go to another country right now to see what it would be like over there because they think there crazy. are so many people here. There are so many people here who think that this is like the whole virus is political, which like, I mean, how could it be when it's global? Um, but I just want to see how like other countries are dealing with it. Like what's it like in London? What's it like to be there? Are people wearing masks? Are restaurants open? Like, what's going on? You know? Isn't it interesting like, that we don't have that access? I, how, like, how do we not have that? I feel right. like this, this is the most extreme. We are taking this the most extreme possible. Like, I feel like it can't be. It, no, it was crazy in Spain for a while. And Italy. But I feel like it's not like that anymore. I can't say that for sure. But, like... We haven't heard from them in a while, you know? We don't have any updates from Spain or Italy. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. We're very isolated. We, somehow we are. We're the, we're the media capital of the world, and we don't know what's going on 
over there. Well, there's a reason we're the media capital of the world is because they control the narrative. And if they want to keep us enclosed, they can keep us enclosed. I don't think that's unintentional. No, I don't, I, I don't disagree with you. I think it's, I think the entire thing is, is insane. Because um, for weeks we were hearing about other countries. And, and I think that this is, this is, this whole ordeal has opened up the door for the next like small outbreak of anything we get is going to be completely blown out of proportion. We had swine flu, we had bird flu, we had all of this other shit before this that nothing happened. We didn't do anything. There were like millions of people who got swine flu. I get it wasn't as serious, but like, yo, it was very contagious and infectious. I got swine I mean, flu. I, they, listen, this sort of thing kind of reminds me of the neurovirus outbreak at our sinus. Were you there for that? Oh my gosh, yes. You were there for that, right? So glad you brought it up. I forgot. You must have been a freshman, it. right? Like, that was they, wild. They wanted it so, so badly to not close the school. They were like, no, fuck that. Yes, people get sick. You're going to class. But yeah. after a while, it was like, hey, there's 1,400 kids here and like 900 of them are sick. So as Brian it turned Neff, out. Brian Neff pulled off on the side of the road to throw up because he didn't know he had it. He was driving back from being out of town for the weekend and was throwing up constantly on the side of the road. Dude, I, so I got the neurovirus a year before the outbreak somehow. So like the outbreak happened my junior year. I had it my sophomore year. And, and so I know what it feels like. It was awful. Like, did you have it? No. Dude, I, so I essentially just couldn't hold anything down. Like I couldn't stop puking. And so after like 16 hours, I was like, I was down 15 pounds in 16 hours. And I was like, I should go to the hospital. And I went and they were like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I have dysentery. And they were, they laughed in my face and they were like, shut the fuck up. No, you don't. Like you're in America. You don't have that. And I didn't. Um, but like, <laughs> obviously I'm on like WebMD, like looking up crap. Like, what do I have here? Um, yeah. And like, that was the first thing. pounds in 16 hours. Crazy. It was crazy. And then the next day I had a track meet and I ended up setting a record for slowest half mile in school history. My dad was there and my dad and the coach were standing side by side. And after the first half of the race, they were like, pull out, pull out. And I was like, no, I'm a man of pride. I'm not pulling out. (laughs) That sounded wrong. That sounded wrong, but We'll bleep it out. We'll bleep it out. <laughs> no, keep it in. I'm just Plug kidding. It. I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. I mean, we made national news for that. That was that was a big deal. There were a lot of students that were violently ill. My girlfriend at the time came to visit and we I went to knock on a friend's door and he opened it and he's standing back. He's like, just don't get near me. Just don't get near me. And he closed the door and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And I had never seen anything like it. And you're on a campus, like you said, with 1400 students and you're all living on top of each other. You're eating at the same place. We thought that it was Sandella's, the, the restaurant downstairs. No, it was upper. There was rat shit in the food. Um, Have you never heard this? Is that confirmed? Yeah. The, the FDA came. And they 
and they did the whole thing. They went all the way around and they said that you have vermin crap in the food here. And we failed several. That's why our sinus was reimbursing us money when we went out to eat because they couldn't serve us food. Now, lucky for me, I hated the dining hall so much that I was already eating out. So I never got touched by it that year. I didn't know that report. Yeah, that's wild. You didn't know that. No, I saw, the, I saw the report. It looked bad. Like, someone got a hold of the report and was sending it around and, like, disgusting. What else? There were, like, living, there were, like, living animals in there. They were, like, running around. When people would leave that night, they are just running around, running free. Yeah. It's scary to think about, isn't it? Uh, how did they figure that out? Did they put cameras or what, what, did, what else did the report say? They went and they like, I remember they like, they said, don't touch any of the food. They like looked at all the food. They swabbed the food. They ran tests on the food. And like, I think a lot of what was going on was like in the salad department. Like there were like animals getting into the salad and like. I remember that part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, I don't know. I, it just wasn't well kept. Like I remember one time I was in the, like at the deli section, by the way, I'm going to preface this. I would eat the same two things every day. For my entire four years in her sinus. I never had anything different. I had two deli sandwiches for lunch and I had two breaded chickens for dinner. Never ever anything else. Um oh, wow. never had the never had the pasta. I had a burger one time, it sucked. Uh I wasn't I wasn't, you know, suicidal enough to get the hot dog. Um <laughs> I've never eaten a hot dog. Or a hamburger from Upper Wismer. That's don't. That's, I wouldn't start now. Um, <laughs> definitely not. But I remember the Wismer wheat buns, and we would. I mean, it became a thing on the lacrosse team where it was whiz wheat buns, and they are rock solid and nasty. Yeah, and then you know you'd have like once in a blue moon they'd be like, oh, we're having grizzly burgers tonight, and you'd be like, fuck yeah, because Amazing. those were good. I don't know why they couldn't do that every night. Um, and then they had, you know, they had, they'd have like wing night, but then they would do really bizarre things. Like they'd be like, we're having tilapia tonight and be like, don't try. Don't, why are you, why are you trying to make tilapia for 1400 people at a small school in PA? It's not going to work. Just do something easy. <laughs> and we already don't simple. trust, and we already don't trust the food. No, it's very simple. Um, but I went to the deli one time. And, like, I looked at the bread that they were – because, you know, they have the bread lined up for you to see. And there was, like, a spider in there crawling around. And I was like, well, I'm not going to eat any of this stuff. Like, fuck me. I don't want to sound – I don't want to sound like a snob. I don't want to watch things crawling on the food before I eat it. Yes. I think that's a very valid request, especially when you have other schools that are much larger being able to pull off larger cafeterias – that uh, I presume are safe food. I guess that's uh, maybe too bold for me to predict, but yeah, Wismer was, it's tough when you have one cafeteria as your only option and that's, and then you go around PA or go around Collegeville and you've got Wawa, you've got the bakery. You've got options. Yeah. My friend's tavern was solid. But nobody ever went for some reason. Yep. Trap was good. They had a place called Railroad. 
I mean, after that, your pickings are slim, but they had some stuff. That's fair. That's fair. And for me, I just was already on the meal plan and it's a, it's, it's an expensive meal plan and I, I'm going to use it. And so that's the tough part for a lot of well, students. Exactly. Well, cause they handcuff you. Right. So essentially if you're living off campus, which nobody does because you really can't, then they, they say, well, you're not getting any aid and you're like, well, fuck. And so that's the thing. It's like, no, if you can live off campus, then we're not giving you student aid. And it's like, well, hey, that's not exactly fair. You know, like, what, how fair is that? It's not. Even though, though, it would probably be so much cheaper to be living off campus and just paying your own way for meals. Right. And our endowment's small. And so they're trying to build it up. Because I remember reading a case study in the early 2000s where they – um, went from the tuition price of 21000 to 57000 or 60000 And then they increased the scholarship substantially, relying on international students to pay the full tuition because that's what usually happens. But then you have to make up for that money somewhere and – that's where it gets a little shaky. I actually was curious the other day, so I looked it up. So I know the answer. I'll ask you a trivia question. What do you think the acceptance rate is at Ursinus? Ooh. Somewhere around 80. Well, that's a little high. It's 72. Uh, but it's like... It's shocking because I think that when I started going there, it was like still in the 50s. Really? Yeah. It was like 57, I think. And then it's 72 now and it's like, what happened? What the fuck happened? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm still pleased with my experience. I know I know that those numbers matter for sure. I just know that there was, I mean, people like yourself where it's just like, oh, wow, I would have never met somebody like you or my team. Well, so I think that that's like my biggest saving grace because it's like, and it's everybody I've talked to as well. It's like, hey, we've got like some sweet ass friends. Like we, I wouldn't change any of that for anything. Like, Which makes it really tough for the kids now going to kids, the students going there virtually now. I mean, how are you supposed to build relationships at a school that's completely closed off? No, it's crazy. Like I, you know, I felt as weird as this sounds, like I felt comfortable walking into any single Reimert suite, like at just at any time talking to anybody. It was like, yep. it was just that friend. It was just that friendly. It was like, Hey, I'm going to pop in here. Like, what's up? You know, it's, easy and it's just like, it's, uh, it's so easy. And so, like, I mean, that that's, like, it's so easy to build relationships and connections there because everybody's so friendly. Everybody's so nice. And that's the important part about college, too. And Ursinus, from what I've heard, has done a great job tackling having students on campus. And it's sad to see other schools that haven't been able to make that jump or had to shut down What's that doing to their experience? I mean, they already lost two months if they're a sophomore, junior. They've already lost two months in March, April, May, so two and a half months. And then you're you're locking it down again? 
and then making everything go virtual, what does that do to one, the culture of the school, school, but also the culture of what students are bringing in and what the relationship of students are going to be. There's just so many factors that go into it that this it's, it's crazy how things are changing. No, it is. I listen, if I missed out on my first, if I had to be uh, virtual on my first semester of college ever, I probably turn out a lot differently than I am today. Like, you have to go back and think like, okay, what did I do in the first semester? And you think like, yeah, okay, like a lot of things would turn out differently. Yeah, I thought I CAU been... was pretty stupid. Yeah. And now I have a podcast um, named after it. I love that. Um, <laughs> I didn't think I mean, it was stupid, but it's, it's, it's that you're so right where you have, I mean, you are, you're coming in as an adolescent to your freshman year and having to navigate being on your own and being independent. And, and that's crazy to have that shift. And if you don't have that and you're doing it virtually or at home with your parents, that's defeating the purpose. No, I know. And I, you know, I don't even think it, here's the crazy thing about CIE. I don't think it's stupid. I don't just don't know why they didn't call it philosophy because it's a philosophy class. I mean, I took philosophy in college and I was like, I've done these readings before. I took philosophy in high school, and then we got to CA. I was like, essentially, what we're doing is it's a psychology class, and they're just calling it the common intellectual experience. Hey, we wouldn't have the name of this podcast, so don't dump it yet. So I'm not dumping it. No, I'm not dumping it. I think it was useful. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I like was remote first semester of freshman year, like I probably never run track. I don't have half the friends that I do right now. Might have never joined Apes. Probably would have transferred. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I feel bad for anybody who has to be involved in, in trying to figure this thing out uh, and, and can't have, like, personal contact with people. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. Human, human interactions. It's everything when you get to college because you're, you're on your own for the first time and that's something that you need to figure out, okay, this is what other people are about in my community and... I remember talking with Johnny Myers about it where you are surrounded by so many different characters at a school like your sinus. And I'm sure other schools have similar identities. When you lose that interaction, it becomes something that's really hard for students to grow because I remember how much growth I had in my first year at her sinus. I was, I, I was taken into the dean's office because of plagiarism. I took one sentence and I talked about this on Johnny Myers podcast. And it's something that you have to be shocked a little bit when you're on yeah. your own and learn how to grapple with it to grow. And if you don't have yeah. that, if you're doing it virtually and from many people that I've talked to, many students have their screens turned off. If you're literally sitting there playing video games all day and not and kind of listening kind of not how can you call that college and then you have the college just putting sixty thousand dollars on your ticket price it's rough no i know full price for an experience and you're not getting that experience so i think a lot of institutions are in big trouble because why would you pay full tuition when you're not getting the same level of 
academia than you would if you if you would have been here you know i mean a huge thing about our science is office hours too you go in and talk to the professor i was just thinking the same thing you can't do that online it's like i don't know it's it's interesting because like i think our, our science is there i guess like they're there but i know like other this i mean ithaca's not the school isn't so like you know i just remember like going and doing homework in the library and, like if i ever had a question about anything like i'd go well, how many people in the library that can go help you do something, you know? Like, it's, it's easy to walk and be like, hey, do you know how to do this? You can't do that when you're home. You can't go ask your dad, like, hey, do you know how to do econometrics? It doesn't <laughs> work like that. But granted, my dad would probably know how to do it. But, like, imagine how much of, like, an idiot I'd be like if I was like, hey, dad, how do I do this one? It's just like, yo, read a book. Yes. The and whole experience is just completely, vastly different you figure out how many things were useful when you were actually there. And it's crazy how we now think about it in a completely different light. And you, you really appreciate those things that were a part of your college experience. And then you see the people that don't have that anymore. And I think that's essential to growth and continuing. And it's, it's something that needs to be, enforced and continued because it's how we are as humans we are built to interact with one another we are here because we're humans and we want to feed off of each other and once you remove it it becomes it becomes scary it becomes polarized and to the point at the beginning you sit on your phone and if that's what you're consuming rather than sitting with your friends and sitting with a professor in a course your mind wanders no you can't there's no way there's no room for development i mean i'm thinking about how we became friends and we just walked into each other's suites and started bullshitting like that's all it really was like and that's it was great like that's what happened people don't feel comfortable doing that anymore i guarantee it yeah um i mean it's just i don't know you think in a global pandemic you just walk into random suites and like talking to everybody like probably not no, I can't even imagine. I don't, I don't want to assume the protocols, but I can't imagine that's allowed. And it's it's something that it it creates your science experience. As I just saw a brown recluse spider, recluse spider, recluse, <laughs> uh, go across uh, my floor into the air duct. So are those poisonous? Yes, the lady in my house in when I was growing up, my childhood house was bit by a brown recluse and died. You died? I did not die. The lady who, oh my god, it's here again. Oh, dude, go kill it! Go kill it! It just just went away. It just went under. It just went under. Ooh, shivers down the spine. All right. Wait, so the woman who lived in your old house died of being bit by her in the yes. house you're in right now? No, 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 no. In the house that I grew up in in St. Louis. The the homeowner, she was I think she was living alone and she got bit and within four days she didn't know what it was and didn't get treated or went to the hospital like on day four and died and they found out it was from a spider bite, a brown recluse. I do don't know why I can't appreciate it, or I don't know how to appreciate it. I'm I looking these up. Do they, do they have these in New Jersey? They're everywhere. They're spiders. They do whatever they want. But it just, it's insane how something like that can just be running around killing people. 
Oh my God. These things are hideous. Hideous. I just saw one go into the air duct and then come out of the air duct. It is disgusting. You know, they're one of my, they are one of, oh, here we go. The range lies roughly south of a line from southeast Nebraska through Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and it is also native of Texas, Georgia, and Kentucky. All right, so I should be okay. Um, but I, I can't. I hate spiders. I don't hate them as much as my dad does. Shout out, Dad. But I, I don't like them crawling as fast as I just saw that one crawl across my floor. And no, they're, they're freaky fast freaky um geez like i used to i used to question people big time when they would have pet tarantulas i was like hey what are you doing did you know people that had pet tarantulas there were a couple people here who had them uh when i was younger no there were are you even allowed to have them like i didn't even know that was a thing it should be not allowed i can't believe anybody would have that and run the risk of it pile driving its head through the ceiling and getting out and crawling into your bed I just I like one I, I'm looking up one right now. Yeah, I, I've definitely I've definitely held these in person before. I'm good. I don't want to. I don't want any. Oh God, I don't even want to look at it. It's disgusting. And they're like hairy too. There was a. There was a like one of those green, uh, caterpillars in one of the salads one time in Wismer. Oh man. That was a good one. Um, Why is the salad bar just the epicenter for crap for things to happen? Maybe it's the lettuce. Maybe they're just bagging it up and they keep the animals in there. I mean, that's a great theory because it seems that that's what's going on. Hmm. Uh, do you ever have any Wismer pizza? Yeah. Occasionally. Yo, you threw hot sauce on there and it was pretty good. Not bad at all. There there were a couple meals or you had to really search out the good pizza. You knew when it was a good pizza day and when it was a bad pizza day. No, because it was, I mean, it was fake when it was a bad pizza day. It was, the pizza was completely fake. Exactly. Uh, good one though. I think I had a slice every night there too. I was not the uh, poster boy for health at, actually and, ever. But you made it through track. I mean, that's impressive. Uh, there's probably a reason why I didn't get any better from day one until the final day. And it was, I would imagine my diet and sleeping patterns were not great. Did you go to Rosanna's for track? No, 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 no. So there's another great story. So I got there. I really wanted to play baseball. Um, and I tore my labrum and rotator cuff in high school and, and I knew it was torn and I was like, well, if I get surgery, my whole mindset in high school was like, if I get surgery now, then I'm going to miss out on all of the fun stuff over the summer. And so like I did it during tryouts my senior year. It was like the second day I was making a throw from third base to first base, felt the tear and just didn't go back. I was like, fuck, I'm not going back to, I'm not even going to bother because I know what just happened. I knew what happened. So I quit. And then me and my friends decided that we were going to join the Frisbee team, the Richard high school Frisbee team, which was an amazing experience. We went to the state championship undefeated, ended up losing um, to a team that we had already beat, which was devastating. So after that, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to go to college and I'm going to try and walk onto the baseball team, 
knowing full well that I have no shoulder. So I got there, I threw for a couple of days with friends and I was like, I'm not even going to try this. So I just started going on runs for like, I actually ran indoor track in high school. So I started going on runs and I was like, I feel like pretty good. Maybe I can like do this. So I went and uh, I talked to the track coach and I was like, I, you know, I'm interested in running. And he was like, it's too late. Like you can't, you've missed like the meetings and you've, you know, there's nothing. And this was the old coach. This wasn't Blickle. This was like, this was Bayless. So I got up and apparently and not, I didn't know this. He was like a huge Miami sports fan. And so I was wearing Miami hurricane shorts that I stole from my friend. They weren't even mine. So he sees the shorts and he was like, whoa, like Miami, hell yeah. And I was like, yeah, like hell yeah. And he gave me a waiver and he was like, sign this, take it to Mullican and tell her that I sent you. And I was like, okay. And he was like, come to the track meeting tonight. So that was how it all started. And then I was on the team, no questions asked that day. Because of stolen Miami hurricane shorts. That's the reason. Not a ton of people know that story. So I started going to preseason with the sprinters. And um, I was running all of the sprint workouts. And then the first, pr- the first official practice came. And it was fucking brutal. Like, we had to run 10 200s at, like, full speed. And after, like, the sixth or seventh one, like, I think everybody was puking. It was disaster. Um, but like just stuck with it for as long as I could. And, and yeah, is the spider back? Uh-huh. Yo, go kill it. It's go just kill it. It's just showing. Hold up. Hold up. We're showing. Right, film it though. Film it though. Oh, I see it moving. Let's ride. Is it dead? It's dead now. Oh, it's definitely, it's definitely KO'd. That's a Let's go. Let's go. I can't believe we got that on the podcast. Wow. This is an electric podcast moment, by the way. Oh, yeah. That was very exciting. Cockroach on the toilet. No way. Get the camera. Oh, these are called dogs in Georgia. And they fly. Dude, what the hell is going on over there? Oh, wow. It's moving. Yo, step on it. No. Woo! 
Yo, you made you just made two headshots in like twenty seconds. I cannot believe that was just chilling the toilet. Oh my gosh. Oh my god is right. What a podcast. This is this is one of the greatest endings to a podcast we could have ever hoped for. I am so happy. Give me one second, I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, here we go. No, film yourself. Get the hell out of here. Wow. Insane. For the listeners, we had a, I don't know, three-inch cockroach that flies. Those things are here out in Georgia. It's, it's awesome because even if you don't kill them, they're going to fly around. And then a two-inch brown recluse spider just chilling. Um, I am pro-animals and pro-nature. I'm not pro-roach. I'm not pro-roach. Roaches uh, scare the living poop out of me. And then they start flying and that just amplifies that anxiety. And when you're getting ready to go to the bathroom and it's chilling right on the base of the toilet um, and I'm in bare feet. Yeah. I'm glad that that reaction was on camera too. Did you get to hear that squeal? I heard the squeal. No, I, the entire thing was amazing. Um, I don't, I don't, couldn't imagine a better ending, honestly. No, it's, I'm glad that we got these for the, for the people, for the people, for the people, for the people. Um, we were we were on your story um, about uh, puking on on the seventh or sixth run of a sprint when you just joined the track field track and field team, and I apologize for interrupting it. I hope it was no, I it was a good interruption. I I got we got some comedy. Um, I actually never ran a race at our sinus where I didn't vomit afterwards immediately. Really? Like there, I I ran to the closest trash can and was done. Did you ever think about changing your diet or sleeping patterns to make that a little easier? I, you know, I always was interested and it was so hard because of, um, I just like, it was a personal thing. Like I didn't have, like I could do it now. I didn't have what it took as a human being back then to to make the change. Understood. Um, I had no self-control. Uh, when you're 18 or 19, it's hard. 19, 20, however the hell old I was. Um, yeah, there's no, like, you know, you, like, I was addicted to McDonald's. Like, I loved it. Four times a week. It was amazing. Uh, probably gonna go tonight. Probably gonna go tonight. Um, wow. It's, a, it's, how do you not love it? It's the best. That's incredible. Four times a week. Yeah, it was bad. I can only imagine what my arteries look like. Um, <laughs> is it just like the the food that you you crave it, or is it one thing, or is it just you gotta get McDonald's because it's McDonald's? I just think everything that they have on the menu is like the greatest thing in the world. Like, wow, the double quarter pounder with cheese is like, are you ever gonna find a better burger? Probably not. The McDouble is so good. The nuggets dipped into buffalo sauce, so good. And by the way, the Coke from McDonald's tastes way better than the Coke anywhere else in the world. They probably put Coke so in good. 
It's so good. Um, and even their specialty items, like the McRib, like, how do you pass it up? You can't. I think that is all disgusting. And I mean that in the most utmost respect fashion to you, Andrew. And I don't blame you. Like, everyone does. It's just a me thing. I'm like, no, I have to eat. And, and the thing is, I can't go there and then not overdo it. Like, if I'm in a McDonald's, I will, like, eat it until I feel like I'm going to off. Wow. Why? Why? Why do you I don't eat know. I just want to throw up? It's like, it's, it's only McDonald's. Like, I see the menu and I'm like, I can't decide what I'm going to get. So I'm going to get, like, one of everything. Because you're so, not a fat guy. You are, you look very skinny. You look very healthy from where I sit in Atlanta, Georgia, looking at you in Ithaca, New York. Well, thank you. I feel I'm, I'm lucky. I can thank genes for that. Um, <laughs> genetics. I do still run, which is, you know, um, which is good. But you're feeling but, yourself with McDonald's. Well, the thing is, if I'm, you know, I can do it because I'm going to run anyway. I'm going to work it off. So right. I owe it to myself to pig out once in a while or once every hour. Um, but yeah, I head in there and I'm not kidding. I'll get like two McDoubles, a 10-piece, uh, large fries, a Coke, like the whole... And then I'll eat it in my car so no one sees what, what's going on. <laughs> like, like, just... it's like, you know what it is? It's almost like you're, like, embarrassed about it. You're like, no, yeah. I don't want to see me do this. You know? <laughs> it's not like Chick-fil-A or anything else. Like, that's, like, the, that's the part where you're, like, getting embarrassed. You're like, that's McDonald's. Like, I can't find anybody about this. Like, you can bring a Chick-fil-A bag into your office and show other people that you're eating. It's like, oh, you're eating Chick-fil-A. And people are jealous. It's, you, it's bring McDonald's, you bring McDonald's and they're like, scumbag. Um... <laughs> You're ruining not only your life, but you're ruining everyone else's life by watching us consume that. That's the thing. I, when I was 17 and I got my license for the first time, the only thing that I was excited about wasn't to drive anywhere. It was, hey, I'm going to leave my house at midnight and take the car and I'm going to get McDonald's. That's going to happen. And it happened all the time. My brother and I, whenever we're in Arizona, it is late night in and out burger and there's nothing better. There's nothing there's better. Not, there's nothing food. better. Late night fast food. When you're with friends and you get in, you eat it in the parking lot. Yo, you're chilling. You're listening to the High School Musical soundtrack and you're <laughs> chilling on your fucking McDoubles. It's amazing. There's, I, I love the specificity of, of the music too. I'm going backtracking and I remember several times where we were listening to uh, like this song, what I've been thinking of from High School Musical. You know, it's hard to believe that I couldn't see. And we would blast that en route to McDick's while we were about to stuff our face. I can envision it now. It sounds incredible. Those are the days. And you know what? Nothing's changed. No, as you should. I mean, we're all the same. I, I can still see myself as... I still think of myself in uh, a high school me, uh, a middle school me. I mean, I play lacrosse. I coach lacrosse. When I coach lacrosse, it's like... I feel like I was just there and then I play lacrosse and I'm back in there. Like I get this. Isn't it weird how that all works out? Yeah. Like I like, here's the weirdest part. Like I'm a full adult. I'm 26. I have a job. I'm making money. I pay rent. I vote. I do all this shit, but I still think of myself as like this 20 year old person. Like when I go, when I go work out, I still envision myself doing the things that I did six years ago and I can't do them. 
you know? I'm like, hey, I can't run like a 530 mile anymore, you know? But I start running when I run, I go out like I can. And like 45 seconds in, I'm like, <gasps> you know? Exactly. Like, I mean, I haven't been able to go to a weight room in, in months. And that, I mean, that's beside the point. But it's like, you, you think that you can do those things and then you can't. And also it's like, you go out there and I guess that's why I keep wanting to stay active because I don't want to lose that. That's something that I just, I will either do workouts in my house or I'll go play lacrosse because I, I want to keep that because I still have that mindset. I want to have the body to keep up with it. No, exactly. And I, and I agree. And like, you know, a motivating factor for me is like my weight fluctuates a lot. Uh, and it's all pretty much based on what I eat and how much I can like go run and work out. But like when I see myself getting bitch tits, I'm like, okay, buddy, you're not 18 anymore. You're going to gain weight. So get out, get off your ass and go run. Right. Uh, so my motivating factor is like, hey, stop being so lazy and get up and go do something. Uh, and that's like, a, you know, it's a weird thing because I feel like even as I am right now, I'm like way different as a person than I was when I was living in Manhattan. Like I feel like in Manhattan, I was like, like worn out. I was like, didn't want to leave the apartment. Like, you know, I was just, I felt like, I felt like mellow. I was like, now I'm, I'm here. I'm in the woods, baby. I'm fucking hiking. I'm running. Like I'm, I'm, I'm rejuvenated. I'm also living with a bunch of 19 year olds. So mm-hmm. that'll, that'll make or break it. Exactly. I mean, I, you're, you're in the open in Manhattan. You're so enclosed in your specific space, which is so small and you're forced to live in that. Yeah. No, it was weird. Like, I feel like in Manhattan, you know, there's almost so much to do that I'm like, I just want to like hang out and like not do anything. And then I was thinking, I was like, this is like not who I am. Like, I don't, I do stuff. I don't like to be lazy, but I found myself just sitting there being like, what am I doing? Like get up. So I think, you know, when I was in Manhattan, like every Saturday, get up, watch college football, get up, watch college basketball, like all day and then go out at night. But it's like here, like, I don't even watch college football. I just get up immediately and go out and I'm hiking and I'm fucking at the park and at the river and at the the lake. Like, it's amazing. That's what I love about Atlanta too, is there's so much around that I can do and it's open. So like I have, I run to Piedmont park and that's the park that's in Midtown and I just run around there. And if I want to watch sports at the end of the day, it's there. But I, I love how many different things there are around here that allow me to explore, but also you have a city in it. So it's not like you're in an enclosure, which I feel like Manhattan is a little bit. No, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's completely. I don't want to call myself a completely different person, but I'm like, I'm. I am now closer to the younger version of myself that I once was. But it's I'm gotta feel good. Now. It's gotta feel good because it matches what your mind is, and you're like, all right, I can still do this stuff. It feels good. Uh, I, you know, I I know we talked about this. I'm living with like it's me and eight other people in the house, and they're they all like go to Cornell. Um, and one of the girls I was going for a run and I was like, Hey, I'm going to go for a run to the Cornell football field. Like, do you want to come? And she was like, yeah, I'll come. So I thought that there was a track around the football field and like, there's a little one, but it is not really a track. It's like a, it's like a square. I don't even know. Um, but I ran like four miles and I was like, okay, I'm going to like call a night. 
And she was like, well, I'm going to run one more. And I was like, okay. And I just like sat there and I like heard her running and she busted out a 515 mile for her fifth mile. And I was like, wow, I can't keep up anymore. I can't keep up. So after that happened, I okay, was like, that's I'm, insane though. That like, you it's insane. It's nuts. And I wasn't going slow. Like we were averaging like low sevens. So when she like busted out the 515 for the fifth mile, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, so that got me going. I was like, I got to start. Like, I want to like keep up now. You know, so you want to like, get back to that level. Yeah. I don't want to be left in the dust. We went to, uh, she brought me on a run, which is like a complete uphill run, like totally screwed me over. Uh, and like, I made it like halfway up this hill and she ran the hill, ran back down to get me and then ran back up, like did the hill like twice. And like, I had run like three miles to get to the hill and I was like moving, like going fast and the hill completely like screwed it up. And just like watching somebody do it so easily. I'm like, I want to be able to do that now. Right. And it's crazy how that internal mind can make that shift because you've been there before and it's like, Oh, I can get there again. Exactly. But it's going to be harder this time than it was before, but you're like, I'm, I'm determined to get back there. Right. I mean, I remember when I started working out for college, it, my friend Malcolm was like, it takes two weeks. If you dedicate two weeks to it, you're going to get back in that mindset and you're going to be addicted to it again. And you're going to be addicted to getting into the gym, working out, and then it's become a routine. Yeah. I mean, it gets, you know, I can't do it daily. It gets hard because like I've got work and class and all that other crap. Like when I can, um, you know, we're hanging, we're doing it. But it's fun to know that you can get back to that point and that it's something that's important to you because I feel the same way where it's like I I still feel like an athlete. I want to still actually feel like an athlete, both mentally and physically. And so I, I want to make sure that I'm putting that priority because I mean, we're so enthralled in work and for you work and studying, which is insane. So it's awesome to have that escape, to have whether it's a hike or a run just to relieve the mind and, and be able to do this. And also, Hey, coming on a podcast right in between. So. Exactly. Which reminds me that I do have to do my other assignment tonight. You get going. It was a pleasure talking to you. As it, I loved it. The pleasure is mine. I, I very much appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. And you can come back anytime. Do you have anything else that you want to cover? Um, no, get out of here. Do Just your homework. Stay safe. Stay safe down there. You too. And I All hope right. that everything goes well in your court hearing with school. Thank you. All right, I'll talk Everybody to you later. Some fruit salad. Yeah. Everybody's helping. Barry, what are you up to? Uh, Anthony, I've got some grapes to put in the fruit salad bowl. And Paul the cook? Well, I'm mixing up all the fruit in this bowl. Greg. Anthony, I'm chopping up some melon. And Jeff, what are you doing over there? I feel a banana. Well, you might like to make your own fruit salad at home. Just make sure you use a plastic knife and you might like to have a grown-up round to help you as well. Fruit salad, yummy, yummy. Fruit salad, yummy, yummy. Fruit salad, yummy, yummy. Yummy, 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 yummy fruit salad. Let's make
make some fruit salad today. Uh -huh. It's fun to do, it's a healthy way. Uh -huh. Take all the fruit that you want to eat. It's going to be a fruit salad treat. Hope you guys enjoyed the experience as much as I enjoyed having it. Thank you to Andrew. Always love catching up. Next week, we have David Dre. Great friend of mine from Ursinus College. He is a partner at a firm associated with Morgan Stanley and really enjoyed the conversation. Has a lot of really good insights for the financial markets during this time. And, you know, we're just all learning. So can't wait to share that with you. Love you all. Thank you for joining. We'll see you next week. Eat up some apples. Eat the melons now. There's nothing on your plate. Now we've had our fruit salad today. Uh -huh. It's time to put the scraps away. Uh -huh. Wash the bowls and wash the spoon. Let's do it all again real soon. Fruit salad, yummy, yummy. Fruit salad. Yummy, yummy, fruit salad, yummy, yummy. Yummy, 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 fruit salad. Fruit salad, yummy, yummy. 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 Fruit salad.